This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So let's dive into that side of it, right? What is that training look like let's say you know what is what does your february look like if you are training for the nfl what does your february will look like if you are training for the combine at the end of it you want to go i mean for me like it's just it's we're just establishing like a base right guys are coming off the season you got to kind of get them back moving around correctly and then you want to kind of make sure all the all the stuff they're dealing with from the season is cleared up yes and then you want to kind of start to establish for me a little bit of volume like not and we're not talking crazy i'm not talking going out here running 300 yard shuttles but i want to make right. sure guys are ready for the training the harder stuff the higher intensity stuff the higher loads the higher speeds you know those decelerations that we're going to get to hopefully at some point and you know guys depending on how banged up they are you might never get there but this is the time of year where that i kind of used to kind of say this is where i want to i want to kind of start flushing stuff out we're slowly starting to ramp up and for me when just combined to football the volumes are drastically different. Like right. you're prepping volumes for a very different. game or yeah. training camp and like the running volumes are much, much higher in my experience with this. Yeah. So so the, the first thing that's very obvious is, you know, w- when you're training in February for combine, your event is at the end of the month. When you're training in February for football, your event isn't for six months. That's a great point. Right. So like we, we are in different phases of training um, right. very much. So th- the other thing at combine is, you know, this is a, you're going to get measured here. So they want to see how big you are, what your body fat percentage is. Like last year, there was a whole big thing about is, is Bryce Young going to be 200 pounds, yeah. right? So you're doing things to, to to put on muscle mass, which is probably not a thing in terms of like training for football. Yes, you want to get stronger. You want to maintain strength. You want to develop power and, and force production and all those things. But the goal is not hypertrophy. The goal is not to be... I got to be 210 pounds with 4% body fat. That again is an underwear competition, right? Like you're, you're standing still when they measure that stuff. Right. And and to be clear, like you will have athletes that need to gain weight in an off season. Yeah. The, how you do it is very different. Very different. Right. Right. If you got to gain 10 pounds by training camp and it's February, that's not that hard. Yeah. You got to gain tread 10 pounds by the combine and it's, you know, the end of your college football season in, in January. 
That's uh that's a that's a it's rough a big month. deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. For sure. You and you and your refrigerator are gonna become very best friends. <laughs> right, right, right. You and every bit of protein that's ever existed, every bit of everything that's ever existed. You're gonna eat more than you you've ever eaten if you're gonna put on ten pounds in a month. And yeah. by the way, it's gotta be good weight. Because like yeah, you said, it's like it's weight. it's that body fat percentage, you're gonna get out there, you're gonna be in you know, your underwear or the tight shirts or no shirt and running a 40, like, and got, and you know, some scouts care about that stuff. Some scouts don't, but like, why, if, if there were the scouts that care, if they are decision makers at a team, like that's a team that could be off your list. But also I think like in this, at this event, it speaks to like, if you come out and you look and you look the part, right. You're yes. kind of chiseled yeah. up, your body fat's good. Yeah. I know you're on the all get off the bus team. Yeah. And I, yes. I, I know you put time <laughs> in, in the weight room. I know you're a hard worker. I know you're, it, it, it informs the character in a way that right. people forget, right? And so yeah. that's really what you're doing. You're just basically checking a box. Hey, look at how disciplined I was from the end of the football season to right. now. Right. And look at look look at this this product that I've developed for you. Right. As, uh, like the, the guy that tore his ACL last year and then and ended up like uh, uh, benching Virhees, the guard yeah. for Baltimore. For now. Baltimore, yeah, yeah. So it's it, like you Baltimore said, the, took it. yeah. It's like you said, the, the character. Right? Did did this guy put in the time to? Do well on these drills, even yeah. though we know we all know that these drills don't necessarily translate. But do you put the time in, and and are you somebody that is willing to work hard? Yeah, I think that's a great point because, like, if anything, like if you come into this event and you don't do well, and, and I can tell you haven't prepped for it. Like, there's guys we're, yes. we're going to watch all the 40s, right? Right. And there's guys you can tell that have never been a three point stance before. <laughs> like you knew today was coming. Yeah. And so, what kind of preparer are you are you a right. long-term thinker so in some ways like that's the other stuff about this that's super important right mm -hmm. it's not the number necessarily but it's just saying like this is the biggest job interview of your life right did you prep for it it's right. the nirvana did you study yes did right you did study? you study for the it, test it, it, it's, it's the nirvana what is it brown m&ms thing what is it so the famous story is, and now I'm going to mess it up, and all the Nirvana fans are going to I'm going to get the details wrong. But basically, um, Nirvana and their in their rider had it like I only want. I think it was green M and M's. Uh -huh. um, and so like if the band showed up and there weren't just green M and M's, they were like, "What the hell? You didn't read our rider." But it wasn't about the green M and M's. So it was that they made sure because it was the end of the rider. Oh, I see. And so it's like this was a way because of all, and this is like, uh, what, yeah. late yeah. '80s, early '90s like pyrotechnology and stuff. Like, oh, I see. You know, we got to make sure they read every bullet point because otherwise our show is not going to be safe for us and I for see. our fans. That's so really it's a, it a way actually. for them to, to check it off. And so like yeah. it kind of became this whole other thing over the years of like, oh, these diva rock stars, they only want whatever color M&Ms, but it was a safety check. Yeah. And yeah. that's essentially what you're saying is yeah. like, yes, obviously the raw speed of these guys matters um, in the way that what color the M&Ms were did not. <laughs> Um, but it also is a test of readiness mm -hmm. and, and preparedness and thoroughness and like in, in a way, I guess, to encompass all that into one word, it's a test of your professionalism. Yeah. One thousand percent. I think I think that's ultimately what this is. It's like, again, like, do I really care what your three cone is? Kind of. But it, I've, I've seen it on film already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yes or no. Exactly. On if you film. get in and out of a break, we'll see it. On I'll film. see it on film. Right. But like, you knew this was coming. Yeah. What does this look like? Are you in shape? Are you ready for the events? Are you ready for the field work? It also kind of speaks to the team that's advising you. So it is a, it is an interesting data point. You know what I'm saying? And I yeah. think like that's why there are metrics, physical metrics that come out of it. But I think the professionalism is something that really needs to be driven home for sure. So uh, I want to touch on that because we're talking about kind of the difference between combine and then just regular football training. Right. Yeah. So when you're talking about the three cone 
and the pro agility, we know exactly how many steps you're supposed to take yeah. in, in those drills. In football, you don't always know exactly how many steps that you're going to take. But you take a look at a three cone. That's really the only chance that they're going to get here that they're going to measure where they're accelerating and it's not on a straight line. Yeah. Right. So when, when I'm talking about somebody like Marvin Harrison, who's getting ready for football, so much of his acceleration is not going to happen on a straight line. Like if you look at the foot, at the anatomy of the foot when they're running and they're leaning and trying to turn out of a sail route or or into a speed cut on a, on a dig, that foot, what what that looks like and the ankle mobility needed for that, that's not the same thing as running a forty yeah. or even running the three cone where it looks similar but you know it's coming, right? right. So I was gonna say like the thing that I always get out of this is like when you're training for football. It's much harder to think of drill work. And for those of you guys training at home, because it has to be it's not early in the training block, but sure. later as you go, it has yeah. to be super reactive. Yes. Because there, there's a there's a kinesthetic awareness and a learning and just how to coordinate your body. Right. Like when you got to do it, you know, the, and the so, movement problem solver that we talk about. Yeah. Right? And yeah, so like, I mean, that's what we talk about on our pod. All the and time. I think yeah. it's, it's incredibly important. As you know, you listen. All the I listen. Time. I listen more than people would probably think. I just listened to the Achilles thing. I thought it was great. That was yeah, the last thing you. you guys did. But but I think that's the thing is like. It's hard. It becomes much harder to think of drills that scale safely yes. for for football related activities right. that aren't like either super specific or too general. Right. And that's where it gets a little bit. And that's where the football training. And again, you have like you said, you have six months. You have so six we, months. So, so you might start with, you know, we're touching cones and then you get to like we're reacting to colors or blaze yes. pods or whatever. And we just kind of progress through that. But the the things that scale are not just weight on a bar and velocity on the field. Right. It's problem solving like right right yeah. so so that's what you look at it, 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 you, you have six months in six months i know that it needs to look like this so if in six months it looks like this in four months it better look like this or we're not going to have a shot at right. it looking like what it needs to look like in six months right. so you you just go backwards this is what it looks like in august this is what it needs to look like in june for us to be able to get there this is what it needs to look like in may for us to be able to get there and then take that all the way back to february for me to to be able to get to where i want to be in august what do i need to work on now mm -hmm. so for me the things are like you say kind of resetting reflushing out whatever's yeah. in the body to, to correct the exercises but for speed we're still measuring speed right. only because we don't want to lose it like we know that if you don't run if you don't run at high speeds you lose high speeds so for February, when we're training an, a combine athlete, we're trying to push that. For February, when we're training a, a football athlete just getting ready for football, we are still measuring that only to see if you can still hit it. But we're, we're only doing maybe 300 yards for the week mm. where it's like, hey, I just want to make sure that you're still hitting this because if, if we don't do this, you're going to lose this. And then it's too hard to gain back later on in the in the off season. And I think people sleep on like just top end velocity stuff, like your body and the tissue are not under, they're never going to be under that kind of stress like ever. ever. So it's a good way to just kind of, everyone says, oh, you need to do Nordic hamstring curls. And yep. I think those are really important. Obviously I'm not yep. diminishing that, but I think the number one indicator of hamstring health is total um, high velocity volume. Right. So if we can kind of make sure we're touching on that in the off season, make sure that that's moving effectively and you feel comfortable there, like you're going to, I feel much better about you going into the season. And then the other thing with football that's hard, I think, too, is you are dealing with these high velocities, these yep. high loads. Yep. But you also need to make sure you're dealing with a certain amount of volume. Yes. Right. Yep. And I think that's the thing. Like I, I was thinking about it for the Achilles stuff. Like we've gotten so good. And you mentioned this on the on the show. You've gotten so good at, you know, getting guys bigger, stronger, faster. 
we've cut out all this kind of what I would call junk volume. Mm -hmm. But if you think about the calf specifically yeah. and the foot, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a muscle that requires a lot of volume, yeah. you know, to kind of see adaptation. Yeah. And so like, how do you make sure you're getting that adaptation, those, those physiological adaptations yep. in the calf, in the foot, while not killing your athlete. And you're kind of, you're kind of threading the needle a little bit, but I think that's, again, when you're training for football, you need to make sure you're getting a certain number of cuts in a week, getting a certain number of ground contact, uh, you know what I'm saying? And totally that, that gets a little, that can get a little bit messy, but I think that's the difference is you're training for, you're training for this really complicated, nuanced, impossibly dynamic yeah. thing as yeah. opposed to something where you're running straight yep. for, for a certain number of steps. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen, to the deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And at the end of the day, like that's the, I mean, I would say the two biggest things is the kind of where you are in terms of specificity related to the goal mm -hmm. uh, because of the time to the goal. 100%. And then that thing, like, are we running straight line and then straight line, straight line, straight line, and then uh, <laughs> L shape and then yeah, yeah, yeah. jumping and then jumping? Or are we doing this multifactorial decision making dynamic, you know, constant reaction type yeah. of thing? Um, and I also think in terms of like the injury side of it, uh, the, the talk about like some of the NBA stuff and, and what you said with the Achilles made me think yeah. of this. JJ Reddick on his podcast like a year and a half ago probably talked about the change in schedule that the NBA made over the course of his career. They eliminated a ton of back to backs. They eliminated the four and five nights as often as possible. But what happened is now they play kind of every other night and they right. never practice. Mm. And JJ said, I think that we're having more injuries now even though they've changed the schedule to optimize it for player health, right. because instead of playing back to back and then being able to take a day off and then practice, cause like you'd have back to back, but then you'd have four days off mm -hmm. and the coach would practice you hard at least one of those days. Right. And it's not in the competition. So you get to accumulate some of that load that in a sport like basketball or football, you need on the foot, you need on the calves, you get the ground contact, you get all that stuff that you're not going to mimic in the weight room. Like we've right. talked about that. Like right. we're not going to jump our basketball players in season. They're basketball players. They right. jump all the time. Yeah. Um, and so the idea that you're accumulating the right amount of practice volume specific to the game, which you're only going to really get in practice is I think another huge, huge difference between the combine training and the football training. And why I think a guy like Harrison being able to train like this now should probably help him a lot as a rookie. I would think 100%. It should help him tremendously. And yeah. I think I think it's, again, that, that training, like people think about this too, like with, it's it's been a really interesting thing to watch, like with concussions and the rugby union and in the NFL, people aren't tackling as much. Yes. And so mm -hmm. they're not as good at it. Mm -hmm. And so the hits that you are taking are worse because you're not in the right position all the time. And it's like same thing with rugby union. Like they changed some technical tackling rules in terms of practice. Like you can only tackle one day a week. And then they saw the number of broken arms increase by like 50%. Right. So like all of this stuff you're doing yeah. is a skill. If I, you know, like, yes. uh, you know, Chael Sonnen, the MMA guy was like, yep. we're, we're training to be a fighter. So if we're not fighting, yeah. like I'm not getting better at my craft. It's the same thing with football. I got to make sure I'm tackling. I got to make sure I'm blocking. It's our job as coaches to make sure that scales correctly. But to your point, like, I'm pretty confident that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to go out and run a thousand routes between now and the season. <laughs> yeah. So his his general preparedness for the NFL is going to be significantly higher than the dude who took this time 
and was like, I'm running a 40 for three months. And now I got to get myself back into football shape like those transitions. And you could probably speak to this too, Chris and Craig, obviously. Yeah, as well. Yeah. It's those short transitions that get you that get dicey where the volume increases really dramatically. So like from off season to training camp yeah, there's a on lot. a short block. Mm -hmm. Like that's where you see a lot of injuries. And so For now sure. Harrison has the opportunity to say, I can slowly ramp myself up so that day one, I'm going to be in tremendous shape. Right. Well, and the thing is real quick, like just so people remember, because uh, this happened to me every year I was on the beat and you finally like, oh, we got through the draft. Whew, big, deep breath. Oh, hell. Rookie minicamp is next week. Right. Yeah. And so like it is quick, that transition from I was preparing for the combine, I was preparing for the pro day, I was preparing for the draft any last second, whatever I might have to do, now I'm drafted, now I gotta go to minicamp. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's very different, right? Like running running for five seconds, 4.2 seconds, whatever it is, and then being off for the next 10 minutes is very different, different. Than, than, than being in a series, than being in multiple series, than being in a two minute, right? So yeah, like being in combine shape is very different from being in football shape. And then, and then the other thing is, there, there is no thinking at the combine, like like what you said, like you have to be able to react, recognize and then all those things. So, you know, for you to be able to understand an NFL offense and what your responsibilities are, if I'm a wide receiver, I have to know not just my route, but my route concept and what's the spacing of my route. What are the other routes that are happening? What is my split on the field? Where where am I supposed to be and when am I supposed to be there in relation to the quarterback's drop? Those are things that you do not do in combine training. You're watching. And, you're watching. And by the film way, a lot of your... times you don't do in college football either. Well, uh, true. Uh, well, I think the other crazy thing about this is like you see that sometimes in the field work, you see that at the Senior Bowl because guys, people think, oh, they, they've been running routes this whole. Like I went to, I go to my my trainer's gym. Yeah, and they run routes like once a week. Right? Yeah, once every other week because they don't want to mess up their. Recovery for the 40, recovery right. for the 5, yeah. 10, 5. Right. That, the drills are prioritized. And so sometimes yeah. when you see guys on the field or at the senior bowl even, you see guys that yeah. are a little bit off yeah, because they're getting back into football for the first time, right? So yeah. like I remember a couple of years ago, like Jelani Woods, the tight end from, where did he go, Syracuse? He went to Syracuse? No, he, didn't, he went to Virginia. And he slipped a couple of times making breaks. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. How many breaks has he run right. since the season ended? Right. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think that speaks to your point. It's like it's all very mapped out very controlled so that's like one of the things about the field work here i love the field work here because it's the only time you get to see that kind of yeah. critical thinking element yeah but it's also you got to put it in context of like what the guys are doing yeah and how they're being prepped for for today because in terms of value at the combine we i mean we've talked about this a little bit already it's like 40 vertical jump 5 10 5 you know like those are the things you're here like the field work yeah you might as well just go home kind of thing yeah right yeah and the field work here like the drills are not very complex it's the kind of things that we would think of in a in a strength and conditioning session not really a football it's like right. there there yeah. there come back all right you're gonna backpedal and then when i wave you forward you're gonna come forward and i'm gonna throw a football at your number but it's it's important I, I think that's yeah. the thing though it's important to see how they move in that reactive setting yeah but it makes a lot of sense to me why a lot of guys don't look good right yeah you know, you're like you look that guy looks a little stiff or that guy's yeah. kind of having a hard time with his feet you know what i'm saying and yeah. like, totally it, it really is a i think a very it's it's it makes a lot of sense when you think about their off season in in relationship to this event yeah. specifically. And to be clear, I'm I'm saying what I just said to draw the comparison to what football is, not right, to minimize right, the work right, here, right? right? Like that stuff is really important for the exact reasons you said. It's as close as you're going to get. 
but it's still nowhere close yeah. to what they're going to see the second nowhere they close. take the field and practice starts at rookie minicamp. Nevertheless, the full OTAs, the I full minicamp. I got to see this. I got to see this a little bit last year at a pro day, right? It's it's very different when you're doing it a pro day for your school and your school is running it like at, like you would at an Ohio oh, State yeah. or Alabama, right? Whereas if you're going to a pro day and the NFL scouts are running it, right? Yeah. Because now they're going to explain drills as quickly as they can with not a whole lot of direction to see if you can pick up on it. Because that's what NFL coaching is. Am I going to have to spend an entire week with you for you to understand the concept? Or can I tell it to you once and you got it, right? So that that's something else that, that you have to be able to not just train for, but to prepare for. Because if you get invited into a mini camp, if, if you're not the first round guy, if you're a late round guy or an undrafted guy and... You, you, you're the guy that always has to ask questions because you don't quite get it. You're not going to be around very long. That's just, that's just the truth. So for, for you to be able to start working on things like that, like it's not just can you run a 40, but how fast can you take instruction? Right. How well do you, how well do you receive it feels coaching? Like there's just the Easter eggs in the combine everywhere. And we're testing your professionalism. We're testing your listening no, 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 skills. No, for 100%. Like I've watched, is. I've watched. I watch the scouts run the drills, explain the drills, and in my mind, I'm like, they are purposefully coaching it this way to see who picks up on this, trying to see who gets confused. Because uh, I think that's the thing about the combine. It's it's everyone thinks they have this great, you know, kind of rolodex of interaction with these players. Like this is the one, this is the one interaction you're going to get, right? A lot of these coaches, right? Yeah. One interaction, maybe a couple interviews. Right. So I got to get an, an interview is different than on the field. So I want to see how that looks, how you respond, like your body language, how are you interacting with other people in your group? Like those are things that matter because you get, right. because it, because it's such a small, it's, it's such a small window to get those interactions with the yeah. players. So yeah, no doubt. All right. Anything else to add on this portion of the show? No, I think, I think it leads like some of the stuff that we talked about leads into what we're going to talk about next, which is the, 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 the design of a facility. Yeah, yeah absolutely. hundred percent. All right. All right, let's do that. Thing.